0: Hi, friends, and welcome to the Midwest Mompreneurs Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Snellen, and each week, I am going to be sitting down to share honest conversations, real resources, and the tips to help you navigate motherhood and building a business at the same time. Let's be honest, it's not an easy journey when you want to do both, but it is possible. Let's get to it. Well, hello. I'm so excited to be back. I have an amazing episode for you today. I sat down with Katie Mabry Van Dieren. She is the owner and curator of one of the world's top indie craft fairs, which is called Strawberry Swing. You're probably familiar with it if you're from the Kansas City area. She also is the co founder and director of arts and programming for the Truce Market Collective, which is a nonprofit organization that is on a mission to create equitable economic opportunities for creative entrepreneurs. She just does so many things in the Kansas City community, is a huge champion for local makers and creatives, and even though her business has been centered in events and markets, Katie has really been someone I have turned to as an inspiration for pivoting and also just continuing to lead by serving others, by supporting her community of makers, And even though it hasn't always been easy, she is continuing to build a huge and wildly known brand, which I think at the end of the day, especially during this time, I have learned that your brand is everything, your reputation, your personality, and the community that you create, even if that means hard economic decisions. And so we get into how she kind of built this amazing creative local empire but also dive into the realities of being a working mom and having the kids at home because of COVID and dealing with anxiety, we talk about that, which is something that I personally have dealt with this year as well. And I don't think it's a conversation that many are so open about. We kind of go on so many different little paths in this conversation, but I think it's really inspiring if you are either a maker and creator and are wanting to continue to build your brand throughout this really difficult year, or if you really are wanting to learn lessons from someone that has really grown and built a business beyond themselves for serving other people. So I'm so excited for you guys to listen in and get to know more about Katie. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. I feel like we've known each other for longer than we have, but Um, I've, I've known Strawberry Swing for years and I feel like I've known the brand behind Katie for years. So I'm excited (laughs) for you to share. Tell me like, how did you get started in the creative space in Kansas city? Like, where did all of this come about for you?
1: So I actually have a degree in print journalism and not a degree in event planning or marketing or anything. And Um, I always just like love pictures and telling stories and stuff, but I also loved making stuff. And so after I had my first baby, I really got to making stuff for him. Like I was making onesies and then earrings because he was like the best baby. He slept all the time and I was like able to do things. So a friend of mine, Heather Baker, actually she was my sister's friend. My sister introduced us and was like, you two would really get along. And Heather wants to start a craft fair. Heather Baker started the Strawberry Swing in 2011 and I was in the very first one. She saw that Kansas City didn't really have anything like the Strawberry Swing, which is an indie craft fair that like there was this festival called Renegade that went to like, Chicago and New York and LA and never came here. So she was like I'm just going to make one. And so she started like an Etsy team, Etsy, you know what Etsy is, right? The original OG. Oh, yes. shopping. She started like a local Etsy sellers team and that's how the strawberry swing blossomed. And she moved away two years after starting it to Colorado and asked me to take it over. And so I said, Oh my gosh, this is really cool. I don't know how to do events, but I feel like I can learn and I want to grow it like huge. I want your dream to come true. Her dream was like to make it as big as Renegade. And so I did that, <laughs> and now oh it's 2020, and this is would be my tenth, our tenth year of the swing, which has been a little side uh, snowball. Yeah, by what a year started. to it's have the ten
0: year! I know. I know.
1: We had all these dreams, so I grew it huge. It went from like only 25 makers to more than 140, with 20,000 people attending the last holiday event um, at Union Station. So we've had to do a lot of pivots recently. And, and when I did you?
0: When did you stop making? For your own Etsy shop and focusing on Strawberry Swing?
1: So I still have my Etsy shop. It's a little embarrassing um, because I haven't updated it since 2014, which is when I took over the swing in 2013. And so 2014, it became my full-time job. Like I could not make, keep up with making and, you know, running my Etsy shop as well as managing this huge event. And so I... I still have all my like photos. I took them with my iPhone 4. I literally haven't updated anything, but I keep renewing them because I lead like the one of the largest Etsy teams in the nation. And I have a great Etsy relationship with like people who have come here from Brooklyn, from Etsy to meet us and meet my team. And so I keep that Etsy site. So I honestly do still sell stuff. I make stationery, uh, baby jewelry, or not baby jewelry, jewelry and like sometimes baby stuff still. But my, my stationery is really what sells especially now during covid i'm like damn i got an etsy order like i don't want to get them anymore cuz i'm too busy to make
0: that's awesome though so it's so you don't have it ready to go you make it once you get the yeah. order okay i
1: just do it and I, that's it i hardly get any orders so when i do get one i'm like oh man i got to go make some stuff <laughs> oh my
0: god uh, but
1: i st- i still do it i've probably had like so my etsy site is on kate and it's embarrassing um and I teach people how to have great Etsy sites and I don't even make mine great. And then I also have like a Strawberry Swing Etsy site just because I love Etsy. That's where I sell like Strawberry Swing merch.
0: Mm, yeah, so. that's so funny. Oh my gosh, I love that. So you so you started as a vendor for Strawberry Swing, then you took it over. There had to have been like a transition. How did you figure out logistics and how did you find the makers that you wanted to join? Like how did all of it, because it's huge now.
1: It's huge. We basically had really wonderful makers that were part of it at first and or still are there's some that I've known from the very beginning Um, my friend Tara Tonser of Lost and Found Jewelry we were friends and I told her about the swing and like we're still really good friends she's been in pretty much every single strawberry swing so she's probably been in about 80 strawberry swings now Um, but really I just learned that's what I've done I'm an entrepreneur like I literally just learned as I went and I've learned everything I've learned how to I make my own website at well WordPress but you know I had to learn how to code mm-hmm. even though WordPress is easy it's not easy for everyone you know I had to learn how to do lots of different things like jump links and all kinds of like stuff and then I learned Instagram Facebook marketing all that I just self taught myself and kind of like I kind of like did what I thought I would like because I'm kind of my target market like a middle-aged mom <laughs> is kind of who comes to the swings and so I kind of just do things that I would like which I know isn't always a good thing in all situations but it is it has worked with this so I write how I am you know like I use my voice and
0: and you're you have a small team right and you're doing mm-hmm. a lot of this on your own I do not have a team okay I do it
1: all on my own
0: on the days wow. of events,
1: on the days of events I um have people come help me and I pay people hourly to help on and like sometimes I have an intern help me do like admin stuff, but I am my only full-time employee because I do not charge to get in. And so I have not been able to scale the swing yet as I would like to and hire someone full-time because I mean, I don't charge people to get in. So if I had tickets, ticketed event and more people came, I'd be able to have an employee, but it's just not sustainable for an employee right now.
0: (laughs) Right. And it's so interesting because I feel like It's obvious in not only like the online branding, but when you go to the event, I've been to the I went to the one, I've been to several, but the one that stands out the most, which is so crazy with COVID now, is Last small business Saturday, oh my god, 2019, at Union yeah. Station, and it was pa- like we could barely walk, but it was like the energy was so amazing. And I was like, wow, there are so many people here, this is crazy! All just like shop local small business makers in Kansas City. Um, and yeah, so I had I- a
1: problem with that where I guess I didn't brand that good enough with Strawberry Swing because, um, I had these huge banners I thought that were big enough for everyone to see, but this news station, I can't remember which one it was they came and did this amazing video of it and they called it Union Station's Shop Small Saturday event and like omitted my entire brand. And like all these people corrected them and they were like, you are at the strawberry swing. Katie worked so hard to get those people there. Like Union Station is just a venue, blah, blah, blah. And so the the news station eventually like put my brand in there but like I did not
0: do a good job of branding that apparently. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. But you do such a, I feel like you focus on the people and as someone that's worked in events, um, you know, it's great to monetize and it's really interesting that your strategy has been letting people in for free because now with COVID, everything is going virtual. Everything is going into smaller event experiences. So you had to really like pivot hard. Like how has that been in 2020?
1: It's been really scary because you know, since it is me, I I don't have any like employees relying on me, who is relying on me are the makers, you know, I see us as like a big co-op, right? I'm like the leader of it. And they're making, so we probably had 11 events last year, four huge festivals, right? And then little pop-ups in between monthly. Some of the makers are literally making a salary at my event. So at that one you attended at Union Station, Kansas City spent almost $2 million, in those two days. So one of the highest grossing makers made $18,000 at that event. I mean, wow. that's like half, I mean, that is irreplaceable that I don't know how they could make that amount nowadays without our, our, event. And so I've really had to figure out how us as a, like, I consider my makers, my team, you know, and I'm their leader. And so I have to figure out how I can support them and myself and my family so mm-hmm. the the way I tried to pivot first back in April when I was like, I don't know what is happening was to start the shop local KC website. And then I realized that wasn't really that beneficial for me as a person. And like, I wasn't selling their items. I was just linking their shops. And so it's still there and stuff, but it is not a replacement for me because I'm not selling their items. Right. I'm just like the go between
0: mm-hmm.
1: and giving them a space. And so That has not been great for me, but it's been great for everybody else. And so now I've realized we can do small things like small events. And so we're going to try and start doing small events where we can have the boost only 10 at a time, but go weekly. So we're going to be going weekly until the weather gets bad outdoors mass required only 10 to 20 vendors max. Cause before we were having 130 vendors and you know, I realized if I can replace those huge festivals in a safe way where there's not as many people, then we can keep going and be outside mm-hmm. and make it good for everybody, hopefully so. So um, we were
0: talking before this, and you came up with this idea to create the many, mini markets. How, how would yeah. you kind of, yeah. So Saturdays we, with the swing. They're Saturdays kind of like, with the swing, yes.
1: They're going to be like, we're going to be in Waldo, which is in Kansas City. It's like a neighborhood that doesn't have its own farmer's market. <laughs> Yay! And... It's where the strawberry swing first started. The very first event was at this venue at 83rd and Mission, or State Line. It's in between State Line and Ward Parkway at the Major's Barn. And it's a historic place. It is where the Pony Express started. And so I really feel like they just love that small, the ghosts of whoever lived there. Probably like that we're having all these small businesses there. Um, Sorry. And we definitely are going to have 10 to 20 vendors a food truck and hopefully some farmers because we don't have a farmer's market in Waldo there used to be one but it just like I don't know what happened to it so hopefully this will be something that people will want to come to a weekly every Saturday it'll be like mini swings because we'll have the same atmosphere I'm even thinking about having live music um because we've had live music there before and so that would really make it the swing live music yeah. but everyone will be spaced out majorly like the tents will not be next to each other there'll be 10 feet in between tents. Um, masks will be required even though we're outside. I just want masks required because I feel like masks are the one way that the like actual fact that we know COVID can stop the spread by wearing a mask. Even though we're outside, we need a mask up anyway. So um, I'm requiring masks too, to be safe for the vendors and everyone else.
0: So you yeah. came, okay, so you came up with this idea two weeks ago. You've already yeah. launched it, executing <laughs> on it, promoting it. Like this is, this is like the most it, it just like comes to life so quickly for you and most people I feel like or at least a lot of people I've talked to during covid who have been event based businesses they're struggling like they are stuck because they feel like paralyzed by what do i even do so the fact that you're just like trying all these things plus you did two virtual events already even if they mm-hmm. haven't been as successful as what you've done in person i mean it's just the fact that you're continuing on
1: Without and they were so stopping. they were, those virtual ones were super fun, and like what I was thinking to myself was, so I have a lot of I think the cool thing about my brain is that I'm creative, right, so like I am a maker, but i'm also I'm not very organized, I shouldn't say organized, but you know, I love spreadsheets, so a lot of creative people you know don't like that kind of the organization part, you know, like the behind the scenes. I like both things i don't know it's like the way my brain works i want to do the creative thinking and so like i'm designing the flyers and all the things you're seeing in canva because i'm not trained that was like another thing i learned how to do use canva which is free anyone who needs like graphic design um and then i can also plan it right and do all the organizational part and like get the spreadsheets i love the spreadsheets oh i love spreadsheets and so it's fun for me to both organize and do the creative part and so I think those two things make the swing successful along with everyone that we have that takes part of it. Obviously that's the good part is the community, all the makers who people are coming out to see, but I'm just shouting them out like with the megaphone and making cool graphics. So people will be like, oh, this looks fun. Let's go.
0: But it's amazing because like you said earlier, there's so many small makers, shop owners that don't have the time or energy to focus on marketing or focus Mm -hmm. on creating events or even think about what a smart pivot looks like. So it's like you're giving them an avenue that they just have to show up. They just have to bring their things. They They don't have to worry about, yeah, anything else. They don't have to
1: do anything. I I like, I mean, we are pretty grassroots at the swing, you know, since I've kind of grown it on my own without like a whole team. I don't have, you know, someone doing ads for me or anything like that it is so grassroots that I do like encourage the makers to share it out too, because their community, you know, is, becomes our community. Um, but we also, I've launched another thing to help the makers because I am a maker as well as the event planner. One of the makers named Carly Ray, she's an amazing watercolor artist. We realized we had all these tools now because of how many of these events we've done. And she's a full-time maker now. She was a teacher and was supplementing her income. And now as a full-time maker, she's making a salary, probably double what she made as a teacher, which is sad because we should pay teachers more. But we started a business, a side hustle, if you will, called Craft Show CEO, where we actually train people. Because like you said, it's hard makers want to make. They don't want to do that business aspect, not all of them. And so we kind of have a membership service where we teach people you know, how to do your email list, how to get more people on it, how to do Facebook, how to do Instagram, how to do ads, how to get good product photos with your iPhone. Um, And there's like a free version of it too called craft show success. Um, But you can go to craftshowceo.com and see it all. We have like blog posts, but then when you become a member, you get this like private community where we teach makers how to do all that stuff and then prepare them to sell in their booths. Because like even organizing your booth is psychological. Like the way you set up your booth where things are, you know, in retail, it's the same thing as a store. You have this like mini pop-up for a day. And so you. there are little aspects of that people may not know about.
0: I love that. And when did you launch the membership? Did that come out of like you were just getting so many questions about how to be successful at yes. the events? Yeah. How
1: yes. that- and um, Carly and I, Carly is wonderful and she wanted to help. And I wanted, I'm always like, why am I sharing other people's, for instance, when I would email the vendors uh, like a setup email, I would be like inserting links to like someone else's post about how to set up your, t- your table or whatever. And I'm like, I know this myself. Why don't I make my own post so I can share my, oh, the- sorry, I have a new kitty and he's jumping on my lap. <laughs> had to get a COVID kitty for my children and he's made our life so much better.
0: <laughs> oh, he's so um, cute. <laughs> yeah.
1: I just had to pull him up. He's so sweet. Um, his name is Linus Van Pelt. He's a peanut character with a blanket. <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah, we, Carly was like, we could help people, we have so much knowledge. And so we launched almost a year ago, I feel like, and I'm so thankful we did because it's, we've had to pivot that group as well because we were aimed at craft shows, right? So we were, we were aimed at teaching people how to make money at shows. And now we're teaching them how to make money with their online sales and still shows, but, you know, not as much as show focus. And I'm so thankful we started that because it is a virtual world now. And that's how our group is like we're do zooms like all the time with our members and stuff like that. So I think I'm so thankful we started that last year. Well,
0: and it's smart because people want continued education and information, Mm -hmm. even after the show, like how are you successful once the show's over and continuing those relationships with clients and as us as the service providers if your income also comes from the event then you have those months where it's really slow so i think it's just like a win win for everyone to have different streams but i think that that's really interesting because people always ask me like when is a good time to start a membership or a course or education and how can you integrate that into your business because right there's a million other things that you're focused on but
1: yeah there really are and like with the, both of our social medias we were like, we can do this together. Like, I I don't know if I would have done it on my own because it is a lot of work. It was, I was really happy to partner with Carly and we were a little nervous at first because we read all this info that was like two people together doesn't work. But luckily we're like perfect together and it works really well for us. And I don't know if I would have done it on my own just because, you know, I have a lot going on without any uh, coworkers, Um, but with her, it's wonderful. And I love it. And we can, if anyone is interested, just write me or her. Just write us craft show CEO at Gmail. We can give you tips on how to start your own subscription service. It is. Oh, I love
0: world. that. I love that. Okay. But also, you started or are heavily involved in Truce Market Collective. So, yes. when did all of that come about? <laughs> That's like, another
1: reason I would have never yes. launched this by myself. So, in 2017, uh, a woman named Chrissy Dastript, who is now my business partner in that. Um, she wrote me via the Strawberry Swings email and was like, "I need to talk to this person who owns the Strawberry Swing. Please call me. Please call me." So eventually, I called her. I think I—I I think she wrote me in 2016, actually. Yeah, because I had just had a baby. Wait, when was Teddy born? Yeah, mm-hmm. I had had a baby. My cat had died. Trump got elected, and I started a nonprofit all within two months of 2016. So you had
0: so, like, a wi- wild year.
1: Things. And best things all happened in like a four-month span. Yeah, I had a wild September to November 2016. So Chrissy called me in 2016, said that she lived behind this historic block um, on Trust and was wondering if I would come talk to her about possibly um, involving the strawberry swing in one of these buildings. It's a whole block in between Linwood and 31st that only had two existing, three existing businesses in a whole block that at one point in time had hundreds, well, maybe not hundreds, but uh, dozens of businesses. And so we got to talking and I said, you know, I will be involved if we can help uh, lift the barrier to entry, to be a maker, to be a creative. And we formed a nonprofit called Truce Market Collective. And we will, it's now 2020 and we're still not in a space, but we, we did not get our nonprofit status until 2018. It's
0: a lot of work. To it start takes forever. It does. Yeah. And so yeah. two
1: years, we've been a nonprofit, like certified federal, have a nonprofit number. We've done a lot of programming because the building is being renovated. Still, it should be. I mean, dear Lord, please be ready before twenty twenty one. It's supposed to be ready in September, which is now a month away. I'm assuming it won't be ready till October, November, or January. Um, but we'll be inside a building with a collective makerspace, where we will have studios for people and also the supplies and the maker equipment. And then we'll have residencies for people who live around the area who will be able to be in there on a residency and then we'll have paying members as well. And so far we've done a festival called Truce to Palooza. We started to kind of show what we want to do in the space, like bring everyone together and have different, um, you know, we have beginner makers and then really experienced makers all selling together on the street. And some of them we provided the tents and the tables and everything. And they were, it was their first time selling. And we paired them next to someone who's been in 70 shows and does this for living and also brought the communities together from both sides, East and West of Troost. And we've done a mural project, which I curated 18 murals on the plywood that was boarding the buildings up. And now we're doing another mural project, which is like creative placekeeping for us. Like you want to add creative, um, aspect and art to an area and we're doing six Black Lives Matter murals and they will be all over the city and they will Yay. be on the street so like all the other big cities have these huge street Black Lives Matter value statements we're doing that on September 5th and there's six areas and you can sign up to volunteer to help paint there's six Black artists who are designing each one so the one I'm in like helping with is the one on 31st and Truist, which is where our nonprofit is and it's right outside of Operation Breakthrough. So the kiddos there are going to see this value statement every day until it wears off. Um, and Michael Toombs is the artist leading that. He's a board member of ours and he's done huge mural <laughs> projects before. And as you can hear, I have children. So sorry.
0: <laughs> Don't um, apologize. home
1: all the time. Yep. I've done all this like with a three-year-old and a nine-year-old now. So yeah, because you're
0: homeschooling, right? With everything.
1: I know, I, the little one, yes, for sure. The older one actually goes to a private school in town and they are, they are opening and I'm, we have not decided if he'll be virtual or he'll go back, but they start Friday. Yeah. That's
0: don't. a whole other, that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. They start
1: Friday and like my husband and I still, my, we were literally just talking about it before you, you, here, you came and mm-hmm. I started talking because I, I, we don't know what to do. We feel yeah like it will be okay to send him because the community is really small and we hope responsible and you know we're just privileged we're just it's a privileged conversation that mm-hmm. we're, we need to have because i'm very lucky but also um i can't send the other kid to school right now with no income like the three-year-old can't go to daycare you know what i mean He's yeah. gotta stay home uh the other one can go but i cannot and i'm really sad about it because the three-year-old goes to an amazing daycare called rainbow school but right now we just it's not in our budget.
0: Yeah, I get that.
1: We're um, having them home for me. And I feel like blessed again with that because it's the most time we've gotten to spend together in forever and everything is slowed down. And I've turned my backyard into this like crazy oasis where I can work outside because I got like a mosquito net and a canopy. <gasps> so I can bring my laptop out there while they like play on all these things that I like put in. I built a tire, like an old tire we had with sand. We found a like swing set on Craigslist for free. I got to blow a pool. Like, it's really fun back there. <laughs> I
0: love that. That is, like, so much inspiration for me. We, we did the same thing, like, plastic pool. We had, like, a sand toy, water toy. Like, nothing, yes. nothing fancy, but loves it, you know? Um, okay, so you're doing 5 million things. Yeah, I'm a little fire pit, too. You're doing 5 million things. How do you, like, how do you do, how do you do it all? Um, I'm overwhelmed for you.
1: <laughs> well... I recently started Lexapro, which I'm going to talk about because no one talks about these things. I was having like tons of anxiety and was like, I'm doing too much. I'm too stressed out. And my doctors kept being like, you need to try an anti-anxiety pill. I know you don't want to, but just try it. And it wasn't like debilitating anxiety, but it was like, I'm so stressed. I have all this responsibility plus raising the kids plus paying bills. And I started taking Lexapro like, oh, I have it on my calendar because I wish I had done it two years ago. I've been on it for 45 days just a low dose. It has changed my life. It has made me no more of that horrible feeling where like my heart was stopping when I heard a loud noise. I feel more organized now because my brain isn't constantly like going crazy. And I started taking vitamins and vitamin D and it has helped me so much. I don't feel that overwhelming stress anymore. I feel like, you know, there were these things I called, like, I think we call them invisible. What was it called? A friend of mine it's like the invisible task or the never ending task. This, like, you look at your laundry pile and you're like, I can't even start it. It's too big.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: You're like, Oh, in my brain, I was like, it's just too big. I'm just going to ignore it and just do it tomorrow. Now I feel like, Oh, that laundry pile is not that bad. I'll just start it, you know, and get over it. So I've had to use some medication, but it's really helped me. And now I just feel I'm organized. I'm doing it. That's how I was able to organize this this event so quickly it was like my brain zoomed in and was like do this we can do this let's do this
0: <laughs> yeah because it can be like really paralyzing especially with like yes. normal anxieties plus kids at home plus COVID and COVID. everything it's it's yeah. this year the election everything it's so overwhelming it's a lot and how yeah many,
1: like three-year-old I'm gonna try and whisper so he doesn't hear me but I feel like three was harder than two. He's almost four now and he's lovely. Um, But it was a little hard there for a while because like three is a hard age, you know, they want to do what they want to do. And I didn't want to, I was feeling myself like, oh, like get like, oh, like I want to squeeze my hands together. I was tensing up and that this is all like really helped. And I think by me being less stressed, it made my children like,
0: oh yeah, they can sense it. They can like your emotions. And even when you're not saying anything, they can, I mean, yeah.
1: I am taking breaks. I mean, like I'm enjoying the backyard too. Like I'll be like, kids, I am on my phone right now because I'm working. Cause a lot of what I do is on Instagram, which you have to do on the phone. And so my kids think I'm just like staring at my phone, but I'm like, I'm honestly working. Mm -hmm. Once I'm done posting this, you know, I'll be, I'll put my phone down. I'll put the music on and we'll swim in our (laughs) pool. So taking breaks and knowing it's okay that I don't need to be working eight to five in this COVID world. Like I don't need to like take the zoom at two. I can tell them, no, I'm busy at two. let's do it tomorrow. You know?
0: Yeah, definitely. That that
1: really helped me is like making decisions on whether or not I'm going to take time for myself with the kids, you know, because I was working on weekends too. When you're an entrepreneur like me, you really work all the time because you already working. I was already working from home.
0: Yeah. I was working all the time too. And I think that this has given me like perspective on things can get taken away. The event can get canceled. The clients will go away in a second but what really matters, you know? So I agree. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Okay. So you speaking of Instagram, you have like over 20,000 followers on strawberry swing and you run it. How did you grow that account?
1: I have no idea. I mean, I I literally (laughs) am just being me and post. Well, I'm sharing the makers though. So everyone wants to see the makers, but then I'm just writing with my voice. And so luckily, since I do have a degree in journalism, you know, it's easy for me to write. Writing comes easily to me. And that's what I like to do. And I love photos. And so I feel like Instagram is such a photo. Uh, you it know, is, but
0: I also have a degree in journalism. So that's why I love yes. you. But um, um, I do think people don't realize how important the caption is.
1: Yeah. The copywriting is super yeah. important. And so I feel like I've been able to give like a bit of my personality as well as all the makers by sharing them that way it doesn't seem like it's just some you know computer bot being like buy this lotion it's like me putting in what you know I can I see like oh want to relax like why I would use it right I want this special maybe this lotion is $35 but it's so worth it because it makes me feel good and I need this like release when I when I put it on after I get a shower because I deserve it. I'm a mom. Like I want this nice lotion that was made and I'm supporting these makers. And that's what I've really tried to do is like the community following the swing really understands why it's so important to shop local and why they do it. Like not only are they getting a beautiful piece of art for their home or a handmade lotion that literally someone made and they get to see that person and meet them at the swing or through shop local KC, which was also my pivot, which is shoplocalkc.com. I, that's what I talked about, that online space, you can buy from them all the time, everyone understands, I feel like the community that goes to the swing, and that shops local understands how important it is to do that, Mm -hmm. and support these makers, and also, they then go back and support our community, by, they donate more to nonprofits. like, when you shop locally, the small business that's getting that money, it goes back into our taxes, right, because it's not the CEO of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, (laughs) getting billions of dollars, and then doesn't pay his taxes, Um, they're all paying taxes, like, I am like becoming crippled by taxes at some point. So I'm giving all that money back into the Kansas city. You know, it's like all of us are then don't. You talk about,
0: yeah. And you talk about like relevant current events. You talk about things that other brands don't always talk about. You talk about inclusivity and you talk about important information that not, not everyone else is talking about in the space. So like how did you learn to just use your voice and just kind of, say what is important to you, even if it's something that that not everyone else is talking about?
1: So that's a really good question. I actually learned to do that. Well, I I was kind of doing it before I became involved in the nonprofit, co-founded it, uh, Truth Market Collective, but I learned so much more once I uh, decided to partner on that. Um, We had to select a board and I had met a woman through the swing. Her name is Paku Her. Her little daughter was a maker, a little maker in my swing. And I met her and found out that she was a really involved in racial justice and educating about racial justice. And, you know, as a am a white woman. And I realized, should I, like, what can I do with this white privilege? Hopefully everyone listening knows what white privilege is. If you don't, look it up. It's real. Um, and she was like, you can use your platform to educate. I mean, this is what you can do. You've built this huge platform, you can educate and teach people. And so I was like, you're right, I can. And I do not care if I lose followers, because I'll gain followers. So using my voice, because for me, I cannot, um, I cannot not talk about why there are injustices in the world and I cannot like one of the most controversial posts I've ever done was last year on Martin Luther King day. I like shared this photo of Donald Trump. It's actually a painting by a Haitian artist. You've probably seen it. It's like, it was Martin Luther King holding his hand up to Donald Trump's lips and Donald Trump has his like phone with the tweet sign on it. And Martin Luther King's like kind of saying like, shh, hush, like don't do it, like be quiet. And it's just a powerful image. And I wrote a long, you know, caption about why Donald, you know, why Martin Luther King is right and why Donald Trump is spreading hate and why he is not, it's not okay. And I lost a lot of followers, but I gained so many more Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: people who were putting negative things on that post about, Oh, I didn't think the swing was political. Why do we have to be political? And then I had my followers. I didn't even have to answer. They were answering for me, you know, like, Donald Trump isn't just political. He, you know, everything else he's doing that isn't based in just politics. It's like some people's lives are being ruined by him and, or people are dying. And so I just realized I had to use that platform to speak out. And like the last one I just did took me three days. I made these graphics Uh on intersectional feminism because I've learned a lot about that. And just like, I knew that women don't realize the history of the women's vote. When we, you know, you look at all the suffragettes, like, Susan B. Anthony and Betsy Ross and Elizabeth Katie Stanton. That's like who we think of. That's who we learned of. They're all white women. But there is a total untold story of all the black women suffragettes and people don't even know all their names, you know? And so I wanted to highlight them and tell the story of these white women were not wanting all women to vote. They wanted white middle-class and upper-class women to get the right to vote, but they didn't want black people or women of color or low-income women. There were all these like what they call Jim Crow laws, which were just disenfranchising them. They had to pay to vote or take a test. Right. And I mean, that kind of was still going on until 1965. Some of it's still going on today, Mm -hmm. but black women didn't technically get the full right to vote until those laws became illegal. And that was 1965. So people don't know that history of women's rights, you know?
0: No, it's not talked about hardly at all. So I think no. So when I, I have seen this happen people to other like, people on oh, that
1: status, white women were like, I went to. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
0: it's, it's hard when you first start to be vocal, I think, but it's so important when you educate yourself first mm-hmm. and then you start becoming vocal about topics that are important, especially that you have a connection with. And, yeah, and I need to make
1: sure I do it the right way. Like yeah. I, I researched the women's rights for, three days like I spent I think I spent 47 hours I tried to like add it up because I didn't want to put any wrong information for sure I was like I got to make sure I have this all down pat and that this is truth what I'm like so I read like 17 articles um got all this information and then made a graphic because that's it like people also in this day and age as you know want a a quick read right Mm -hmm. so I made those having only 10 carousels for the Instagram post was the hardest part about it. Cause I was like, I want to show all these black suffragettes, but I don't have enough room.
0: And how do you feel like, I mean, how do you feel like your community of makers? Do you feel like you've come closer together during everything in 2020 and COVID and all the terrible things that like, how do you feel like you've continued to create that community environment for the people that you're supporting?
1: Well, we really miss each other, which is the biggest thing. Um, like one of the best parts about the strawberry swing is the actual event the community that comes the guests plus the makers it is sometimes the only time we all see each other because everyone has either lives and it's hard to organize get togethers right and it is very like heart-wrenching not to see each other it's like when we see each other we become like revitalized and like like yes this is why I do what I do and so it's been really hard. And I think that having groups, like I also have another group that I helped start called City Makers. It's just like a Facebook group. That's been a good way to talk to people. And I've also tried to do these meet the maker episodes. I've done like 12 of them, I think, where I get like three makers on and then I kind of like speed around, ask them questions and what they've done so that we can see each other's face. And even if it's just four of us talking it feels good again and that was also a way with those virtual events everyone could talk to each other and see each other the way that we did them was really cool because we have like one video going at the top where I'm interviewing makers but then you could go into each booth virtually and chat so they were able to like go see each other you know like via zoom but it's just not the same as person so hopefully these new markets will give us a little bit more of that community again where we can actually look at each other and maybe we can't hug but we can at least be by each other yeah
0: i hope that in the future as we like look back on this in five years from now i'm hoping that we take some of the things that we learned in covid of you know there's so many important lessons that we've learned but also that i do hope that we can create those in-person experiences again because there is something so magical that happens when you see someone or when you see a product in front of you. And I hope that we don't continue to shop online only in the future, but it's smart that you have like so many different avenues and things that you're doing to kind of continue that community.
1: Yeah. We even made, I realized when COVID hit too, since Truce Market Collective doesn't have a physical space yet, I was thinking like, how can we help the black owned businesses uh, when COVID hit and also when George Floyd was murdered And the Black Lives Matter movement really started to become a revolution. I'm like, what can we do? What can we do? And so I realized like since I had already launched Shop Local Casey, I could easily launch a Black-owned business uh, market kind of like it. And so on Truce Market Collective's website, we have a Black-owned business. Um, It's just kind of visual. It does the same thing. It's just a Mm -hmm. link, right? You see the visual picture, you see the name, and it's kind of sorted by food and drink, stuff you can buy. And then services, like nonprofits and stuff. And so we have that on the True Market Collective and people can just hit a little form and get on there. There's no charge. And it's any Black-owned business in Kansas City. And then, this is secret, so I'm kind of only announcing it here. We've been working, well, you may already know because you know Kara. Kara um, <laughs> of Keeping Up With The City, who is uh, working with me on True Market Collective. And we have launched this, we haven't launched it yet. We're working on it. It's going to be live soon. It's called Explore Truist, and it is a website strictly for businesses that are in the Truist corridor, because we realized there was no neighborhood website. Like Crossroads has a district website, Prospect Business Association has a district website, Um, Westport has a website. You know, there's all these neighborhood districts that are shopping districts that, or commercial districts, that have websites. Trust Quarter doesn't have one. So we've been working on it for a while. It's it was it's a little harder than we thought, like because we're having to just go through a Google and like drive and like see what businesses are off Trust. Mm-hmm. We're, we're and then we're putting them in and we're making it sortable and we're gonna tell the history of Trust and we're going to also do stories like what I've done with the swing where we go in an interview and Kara interviews and we have a video of these businesses to just raise awareness that Trust has thriving businesses and you can support them. Truce is not a scary place. Like it is a place where people live and work just the same, you know?
0: It's, that's like the prime example of systemic racism and the fact yeah. that, you know, I'm not going to name names of neighborhoods, but there's neighborhoods very close on the West side of Truce. Very, very close. Cause I used to live on that. Like I used to live really close to mm-hmm. Truce yeah. and have amazing booming Instagram accounts and, and websites and things right. like that. And the fact that there was, there's nothing there is, it's amazing that you guys are doing that because there's yeah. needs to be awareness. Um, and then you guys are gonna help open the door to so many opportunities to connect yeah. the dots. So that's amazing.
1: I hope so. And one of the things is we're, we're not only highlighting black owned business, we're highlighting every business. So there's categories though, so you'll be able to tell, but I, what I saw. Um, and Truist is booming. Yeah, it's booming. And it's there, booming, and, and there have been people there, and that's like we were thinking about. We didn't know what to call it, and we were like, we talked to a bunch of people who have businesses there, and their idea was: at first, we we're going to call it support truth, and then we're like, no, we're not going to call it support truth. Truth doesn't need support. I mean, it needs support, but like, and people who have businesses there were like, you call it explore truth, so people, you know, understand these things are already here. Like they they're here. You can come see them you know, um, we were thinking about calling it discover truths. we're like, no, we cannot call it discover truth. So it's totally like a colonizer thing. Like there's our, there's things are here. Nobody's discovering anything. They were already here. You know what I mean? And so hopefully it is an amazing website that people start using and you can sort it. Like what I saw, what I was going to say before I got sidetracked, oops, I always get sidetracked is that I saw when you know after when black lives matter movement really kicked into high gear after george floyd was murdered we saw people wanting to know about all these black owned businesses like hey where can i get a black tattoo artist i want to get tattooed where can i go to get um you know uh cake a black owned baker you know all these people wanted to support black owned businesses but there was not very many ways to find them there's like existing Black Privilege is an app you can look at, but I don't think it's been updated lately. And my friend Kiona has like Black Excellence, but we were just like, all we saw that we could do was quickly put these Black-owned business on an easy-to-look-at website where you can see, and, and no charge to anyone, you know? Yeah, so I reason. would
0: definitely look at that. It's a really good, it's a great resource, especially if you're looking for, If I mean, like I remember I was like, okay, I need to go to a new restaurant, what's near me? Yes. And there's so many businesses you don't even realize are Black-owned or yep. just- all the amazing yep. things that are happening so yeah there's so okay. many
1: things And that's I feel like
0: too. yeah
1: gentrification is like the g word people are like oh we want development oh we don't want that development oh we really don't so what we've been working on with truce market is um if anyone's interested you can just google kc cure which is kc cur it stands for catalytic urban revitalization and we on our the block that we're going into 31st and truce has been like specifically um studied with all the stakeholders. And we came up with this like 90 page revitalization scenario that makes sure that, you know, once these buildings are redone, that, that property owners aren't pushed out, that no one's pushed out, that there are things for the community there, that property taxes will get frozen and that there's, um, TIF money to repair any, because what tends to happen when areas that have been, um, neglected become revitalized is like, it becomes codes violations and people start reporting things that in the past would have never been reported. And so we've, they've already got a TIF where um, money is going to fix and repair codes violations so that the homeowners don't have to pay for it themselves. And it teaches the people that go out, the contractors that repair, let's say it's like your gutter hanging off, or whatever. They teach the homeowner how to fix it themselves too. So that if it happens again, the homeowner knows how to fix it. So there's yeah. a lot of very um, intentional, uh, action being put into place on that block only. And otherwise I would not be involved. Honestly, I wouldn't be involved in it.
0: That's amazing. Okay. I feel like I could talk to you for like five hours and we'll probably okay.
1: have to go <laughs> <laughs> yes. no. over to my backyard. Pool? I
0: know. Yes, let's do it. Um, well, I'm planning to walk over cause I live in the area where you're hosting your first yeah. mini market. So if anyone wants to join I'm so excited. in social distance shop with me, let me know. Um, what is kind of like, what are kind of your closing things? What are the things that you feel like you need to share? How can we follow you and stay connected?
1: Yay. Okay, so you can follow me. Um, strawberry Swing is strawberry swing KC on Instagram. And if you go there, you'll kind of see all my other um, Instagram accounts are kind of listed there. And then we're the strawberry swing.com, shoplocalkc.com, trucemarketcollective.org, and truce Is that all? Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't think I have any other ones yet. <laughs> and I'm on LinkedIn. I recently started LinkedIn because, you know, I feel like with creatives, we love Instagram, right? Cause we're creative. We want to see things. I had never really done LinkedIn and my friend, Oh, Innovator KC too is a follow. I'm on the leadership team. And that's for women, women identifying women with an X, um, leaders and women who own entrepreneurs to join. That's a really great group too, that I help lead. Um, they, someone in innovator was like, you need to get a LinkedIn, Katie. Like LinkedIn is the next Facebook. Like people are able to, it's like Twitter almost. You can share things. So I'm on LinkedIn under Katie Mabry Van Deeren trying to build it. Love (laughs) it.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Actually LinkedIn is a great place if you're looking for makers, creators, other people to collaborate, collaborate with. So yeah, I love it. Yes. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your knowledge. Thanks for sharing all the goods with us today. You are
1: so welcome. And I hope it helps and inspires people like me who are moms and trying to do a million things at once. Yep. <laughs> we can do it. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Midwest Mompreneurs. I'm your host, Katherine Snellen, and I appreciate you so much. Let's keep the conversation going on social media. You can follow me on Instagram at the Katherine Elise.